0: are you working what kind of work do you do ladies and gentlemen ladies and gentlemen this is the black baseball mixtape i am your host cheats as always the mixtape is brought to you by the family podcast network again i start most podcast episodes with this but i have to start by thanking the audience thanking everyone that is listening subscribing In our community, especially on Instagram and Twitter, we have a growing community where people are interacting with us, talking black baseball, having fun. We just had an amazing, an amazing last couple of days. Bob Kendrick from the Negro League Baseball Museum was on, followed by Curtis Granderson from the Players Alliance was on. Obviously, Curtis is a 16-year pro. We've had just an amazing, amazing amount of guests and a lot of interaction on our Sunday night or Monday night, one of the two community conversations on Instagram. We go IG live with some amazing guests and we're able to interact with you as a community. So with all of that said, I want to thank you for your support of the mixtape. Let's keep it growing. We're about to enter the regular season. We got a lot going on. What we have going on on this episode, a very, very special episode, is Steve Friend from Stilo Sports. You may not know this, but the first black owned baseball apparel glove company, baseball equipment company that made it all the way to the major leagues. They also made it to the World Baseball Classic as well. Stilo is really, really on the come up and making it happen. And it's it's headed all by Steve friend. Steve, welcome to the mixtape,
1: man. Thank you. What's good? I'm uh, I'm excited, man. I, I've been anxious to, to speak with you, man. So this is fun. Love I, I
0: am so excited to speak to you. And one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you in particular is because when I found about Stilo and I found out about Stilo a while ago, if you check the DMs. and the emails they've been been months in the making steve they've been months in the making because as soon as i saw what you were doing and i want to make sure i get this tagline right the dopest movement in baseball and i actually happen to agree when i found out what you were doing the way that you're blending hip-hop culture black culture along with baseball. I was like, I got to talk to this brother. He is, he is on the right direction and everywhere that I want to be. I'm going to start there because I'm sure you grew up as a baseball player and a hip hop head, but how did you get the, the, the awareness, the, the individualism, the creativity to figure out, I need to blend these. And this is something that's missing in the culture.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think, um, you know, I think a lot of things just in general come from a place of whether it's pain or issue or whatever. And so I think a lot of my journey came from not seeing the things that I wanted to see in the game, either through my own experiences or through shared experiences with other people. So, you know, obviously, like the black baseball community is very small, and very tight, and we go through the exact same things across the board, regardless of where you're at. And so... For me, I, I was just seeing a void, man. Like I, you know, there's a certain flair and a, a, a light and just a, a swag and a, a different kind of love from black players as it relates to the game. Like we just move a little different in the game. And so I didn't see any of the other companies, brands really harnessing that. And so from just simply from that place, um, you know, I, I got really into – Yeah, frustrated for a while like you know why aren't they focusing on you know black players you know everything's moving down to Latin America which is great for the Latin communities and getting those players and getting that infrastructure together but like you know I really didn't like the way things were going so it's like okay well how can I what can I do like how how can I support how can I help and it ended up coming out in this format based on my own experiences you know with my jobs or work or um, ideas and, and passions and so like it just came from that place. And like it morphed into a a baseball company. I always get the itch since I stopped playing to, to stay involved with the game to some capacity. You know, we all share the same love for the game. You're doing it in one format on your end. I'm doing it another online. And so it's really from that man. And it's turned into something I, you know, that has grown past my initial kind of views of it. And now it's, you know, those goals keep on kind of stepping up, but that's where it came from, man. And, you know, I'm trying to have an impact in the way that I can. And it's about building a platform and, um, giving players and businesses and people and culture, and especially black and brown community, um, a platform and an opportunity, something to identify with and like share and grow with. And so that's what it's about, man. That's that's kind of where it, it all came from.
0: No, and it's it's phenomenal the way that the brand as a whole has been able to be very intentional and very distinct to say. This is this is in many ways for hip hop culture for it's a different look. It's a unique look. It's not like some of the established old school Wilson's Rollins, if you will. This is something different. How has that process been for you as a creative and you as a business owner to introduce something in a market? Let's just be frank. It has to be a good old boy network at this point when you're talking about the established companies that have provided equipment for players in, 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 a long time and correct me if I'm wrong, wasn't it just recently that MLB was like, Oh now, yeah, you can, you can be a little bit more individual in the equipment that you wear.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, I, um, I mean, I'm not going to lie. It's definitely an uphill kind of thing, like an uphill battle, but to be honest, you know, from a, let's call it a differentiation standpoint, you know, I don't really. You know, from a business standpoint, yes, I look at the other brands to that extent. Like, okay, because there's a model that you can kind of follow. They've kind of like, from their legacy companies, right? Like, you've seen kind of what they've done. You know, the format and where you got to move. And certainly, I've worked at some of these companies, so I understand internally what that infrastructure needs to look like. But for me, man, like honestly, it's as simple as like, yo, I block other brands on Instagram because I don't even want to see them just for my own <laughs> for my own purpose. Like, I don't want to be influenced by, yeah. by like one. And so I do some of that and I, um, you know, I just like stay in my lane. Like it's not, I try not to look at the places that I don't feel are doing it the way I would want to do it anyway. So it's like, what's the point? So like, that's a really easy thing for me, but I think from a business standpoint, it's definitely, um, I've had to really self-educate quite a bit. I mean, I spent years, you know, learning, you know, about investors and terms and, you know, infrastructure, and I've got a lot of work experience in the corporate life, corporate career uh, that I've been able to pull from, whether it's product development or e-commerce or whatever, but it's definitely, like, it's not, um, it's not easy, but again, like, I have that passion and this, you know, this, a very strong vision for what I want to do, and so for me, it's it's really easy. I just, I'm staying in my lane, and I'm focusing on what's important to me, and I think what's important to me is important to uh, the demographic that I'm trying to represent, and so for me, that's just that's I try to keep it very simple from that regard. And I think what has been seen to date is just me kind of doing that. I'm not trying to be super different. I'm just it's through the lens of which I see things, and so that's how it's coming out. And by design and strategically, yes, I haven't done some things because, like you know, people will bite or other companies, even some of the big legacy brands, some things have popped up and. Some biting stuff and even some of the other smaller ones but like at the end of the day you know that and right. well, there's always this, a culture this, of and, you know all that look, stuff and then,
0: this isn't it? this isn't the 90s where you could just show up in people's
1: houses <laughs> yeah, <laughs> be like, right, right, right. like, be
0: like stop, stop taking my stuff
1: yeah yeah so i mean but i'm good man i'm uh, i'm focused What? So.
0: T- oh, let, well let's go with that but 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 flip it a little bit and say because you have had quite a bit of success in a short amount of time. When you're talking about the history of some of these other companies, you've come in the game and done some really, really big things early on. What has been the most rewarding part of to date, kind of the timeline of Stilo you've had, like I said, a number of successes. When you look at this, what's some of the stuff that's the most kind of gratifying as a, as an entrepreneur right now? Oh,
1: that's a, that's a really good question. Um, I think for me, one of the big moments was um, getting equipment in a major league game for the first time. That was like really special because, you know, as an athlete and as a player, you know, I'd always dreamed to get into the big leagues, you know, I was drafted and, you know, played a little pro ball, got kicked around for a while. And, you know, that dream, you know, I never got to the big leagues, right? But like God has a unique way of working, right? So it's like, oh, you're going to get to the big leagues. Maybe it's just in a different format. So that kind of happened. And so for me, that was like a really heartfelt moment for me. But even more so in that same moment, um, Jonathan Davis, one of my first guys I signed to a Stilo deal, you know, he broke into the big leagues with the glove and had his debut in Toronto. And so that was really special being a part of that and just like watching him go through that experience. And so that whole kind of situation was was really gratifying. Just and, you know, there was a certain level of validation that kind of comes with that. Right. It's like the hard work all the work you've been doing on the side, behind the scenes, up late night, you know, spending time, like, you can look at it as kind of like that payoff moment. Um, so that was really special. Um, and obviously, like, after that, things really started to kind of move and we've signed other players since then. And we've gotten even, uh, you know, we've gotten even more traction since then. We've launched mobile apps um, and a lot of other stuff. We got other stuff coming up now too, but, um, so that was that was probably the moment that stands out the most. Um, I've I've had a couple people in passing randomly when I was been out in the world moving around doing stuff whether it's at the Ranger Stadium in Texas and some people just came up to me and recognized me and really appreciated what I was doing and that I think that was really special is you know like you're making an impact even if it is just like one person so um, that was really cool too so there's been a, there's been a handful of moments like that um, that you know I really value so
0: that's dope that's dope and i feel like for the audience that's listening we're talking to steve friend he is the founder of Stilo sports i feel like i started already round in third i want to let the audience <laughs> let the audience in a little bit just we kind of know how it came about but for for people even on the surface level when they ask you to say hey steve tell us what Stilo is so for for people that may not be as yeah. indoctrinated how do you describe the company
1: Yeah. I mean, it's simple, man. I mean, like, again, like going back to this hip hop conversation you and I had, like, it stems from that, you know, I spent probably a legit year and a half trying to figure out, you know, from the branding exercise, right? Like, what do you call this? If you want to do this, like, what's this going to be? How's it going to, what's it going to mean? And, you know, I came up with a lot of different stuff and it just wasn't feeling right. Did lengthy exercises in detail. And I was listening, it might've been like a, a gang star song, and he said, you know, my Steez. And you know, my
0: Steez. Like, Come on. Moment of Truth album. Yeah. Stop playing with
1: me, Steez. Yeah. <laughs> I, like, I was like, "Stilo," And I started, you know, I started, so I scribbled it out. You know, I started mocking up the logo design and put it on different formats and mediums. And it started to feel really good and it made sense. So it really stemmed from that moment. Um, again, like a void moment and then coming to something organically, uh, which was nice. And so it's just, it's just style. It's like, you know, when we were talking about my boy from college and my roommate and, you know, in junior college, we used to just take ground balls. You know what I'm saying? Just back to back and freestyle and just like, you know, get the hands going and everything. And it was all about style. And we had a little freedom to freestyle around and whatnot. And so it kind of comes from that that um, that sentiment of this like style, integrity, whatever your estilo is, whatever your flow is like, that's what it's about. And so I wanted to represent that through a product. And I felt that that was probably the best way to convey that. And so, like, for those that know that term, get exactly what it is. But, yeah. like, others yeah. that don't, like, obviously there's an explanation that has to come with it. But that's where it stemmed from, man. It's, it's from um, the things I'm passionate about. And uh, that's how it came out.
0: And, and even kind of into the products, again, for yeah. people that may not as be familiar, Stilo represents gloves, bats, batting gloves. W- yeah. Where are we at with all the products?
1: Yeah, we um, obviously gloves is where we kicked off. Um, we've been doing bats now for a while. We have amazing bats. Um, that's going to be a push here coming up uh, pretty soon. We're we're doing batting gloves too. We've been we've been sitting on stuff, so I've done a lot of the R and D and work on things like you know everything's timing, right? Like right. you can you can you can run or you can like kind of walk and run and sprint and do the interval thing. And so um, I, I'm very detail oriented, so we've been working on that stuff. We got protective equipment. Uh, working on some metal bats as well so i'm i'm ramping up um, i'm just taking my time with it and making sure things are right we got some big partnerships that will probably come out um, that folks will hear about as well that are going to change some things as well so um, i'm excited man we're gonna get into everything and then the, the the most exciting piece for me obviously the equipment is like you know the no-brainer in the 101 piece but um, getting into a, a different take on some apparel so I'm really excited about that, um, and putting those things together as well
0: it, it's it's it definitely seems as if it's almost I don't think holistic may be the exact term, but it's obviously not just equipment. It's not just this brand. it's it's almost um a lifestyle culture situation that has that happens to focus. On baseball equipment because it, it's so dope and when you look at the overall presentation that's been presented to date it almost doesn't feel like a baseball company as much as it feels like a community it feels like culture and it's for fans like I know fans like me that, just, that happen to love and absolutely just care about baseball at its core as well let's go into your baseball journey because you mentioned it in mm. passing as well you, from everything I know, Steve, and everything I've read and, and followed, especially with the company, there's two words that come, in, come into my mind, two words that come into focus. One is more universally used than one that's used in our culture. Grinder is what people will say a lot, like, man, this person grinds. Is you know, He's just grinding to make every step happen. When we talk about it, especially, look, where we come from, the word is hustler. And not in a negative connotation. When when Hove is like, "I'm a hustler," he's going to make any situation work. When I look at the career that you've had, fall in love with the game, but tell everybody about some of that hustle, some of that grind. Even as early as high school, it wasn't a thing where you were heavily recruited from high school to college to pro ball. Tell me about that 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 hustle, that mentality. How did you make that shake to to achieve your green your dreams on the field?
1: Yeah, no, that's, that's a great question, man. I, I don't really talk about it too much. Um, so any opportunity is always welcome. Um, <laughs>
0: Let it all out. <laughs> Let it
1: all. <laughs> no, I um, – you know, like, again, I kind of talked to you earlier about kind of the double life thing. and You know, I played baseball, you know, growing up. played soccer and all the other sports and whatnot. Baseball really kind of stuck with me. Um, it's just It just hits different. Um, so I played in high school, like, you know, and I wanted to – I pitched. I played a little third base. Um, couldn't play shortstop because, you know, there's a guy a guy ahead of me and whatnot, a couple guys or whatnot. As soon as they kind of like, you know, graduated and whatnot, then I hit short and um, did that whole thing, got my got down, um, got a scholarship to a D2 school in Indiana, uh, St. Joseph's College, a little D2 joint. I think it was like maybe a three-quarter scholarship. So that was cool. Mom was happy about that. Um, ended up redshirting there because I got some stress fractures in my legs. Um, and then I transferred, man. I transferred to, I found out, it's funny, I transferred to a junior college because I found out my freshman year that, oh, you can get drafted at a junior college. You don't mm-hmm. have to wait for three years. So I was like, oh, shit. Okay, let's, do, let's look at that. So I made this whole plan. And I'm like a goal setter. So I'll like i put together a plan. And then just like, to me, it's just execution, right? And so I did that. I went to, I transferred to uh, Kishwaukee. And that's where I met a lot of the uh, Friends I have today, um, a lot of black baseball players who were at that school. is outside of the city of Chicago, uh, Northern Illinois University's campus. So played there for two years. Had a great program, great experiences. Had a lot of draft picks on the team. I got drafted there, uh, so that was really dope. Um, really grew as a player there. We we were grinding. Like our school was out in the middle of the cornfields, and if you know Illinois, like Illinois is flat it's corn. You know, what I'm saying it's nothing pretty but like you can really get out there on some field of dreams and get busy. So that's what we were doing out there on the low. Um, and a lot of us moved on in the game, whether we're st- still playing or some played and coached or whatnot. And, um, some were coaching in the affiliate ball, like we talked about. Um, and, um, from there, I transferred to, uh, the college of Charleston. I was going to go to Southern university. I had two opportunities. I actually had multiple opportunities, but Southern offered a scholarship. College of Charleston offered a full ride. Um, they actually took some money off the table, maybe like three grand because I wanted to take a visit uh, to Southern because I felt it owed it, I owed it to myself. And mm-hmm. they ended up taking like three grand off, but essentially a full ride to College of Charleston. So landed that, played there with uh, Brett Gardner. He was there. Mm-hmm. He was our center fielder when I was there. So I came and played short and was killing it there for a while. I, I, I have some other hangups about Charleston and I don't really talk about. It. It's a okay. for me. It was a, I had a very racial experience there that really kind of affected my career trajectory. From a are you coach. serious? Oh yeah, like nah. It's, it was it was real, man. That that's mm. real down there. Uh, we had a coach, and I I've, I've actually started like naming him because I think it's important to like name transgressions these days. But we had a head coach named uh, John Plowski, and you know, one of his assistant coaches. They were just like they were brutal. You know, mm. I was maybe one of three black dudes on the team. My okay. roommate black. Really missed me some stuff there, man. Was killing it. Um, had some, some ended up just getting put on the shelf for like no reason. It was just a lot mm-hmm. of stuff, like going through my mail and scouts, and it was just crazy.
0: That's crazy.
1: Uh, so I ended up, I actually left a full ride scholarship because I did not want to go back there because of those things. So, right. um, I went off my own, man. I, uh, I left school. I dropped out after that year after we went to the NCAA tournament. Um, and I just I went out of pro ball, so I started like getting busy. I went to Chicago, started training, training mm-hmm. at the White Sox Center, doing my thing, um, and ended up getting picked up in independent ball and getting kicked around independent ball for like four or five years, uh, running around playing pro ball and trying to get up in there, and um, decided to hang them up after you know, I was maybe twenty eight, and then just started working went the whole whole other way to start developing footwear and fashion mm-hmm. and get into corporate e commerce and whatnot, so. Um, but yeah, man, my path was really different. It's really, um, but again, like even, even from the college and pro side of experience, the network, the relationships that I built, I still have to this day. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and that was a large piece of the the Stilo project that has kind of come about into this thing now. Um, so I wouldn't have changed. I wouldn't change any of those things for, mm-hmm. for the world because it's completely made, made my life the way it is t- today and the opportunities that I've had and, and I'm currently in today. So, um, I'm very thankful and grateful for every, everything that's gone down, but yeah, it's been, it was definitely a different, I've had a different path. Um, and I think that's why I, you know, the fire that I have in me now, like doing the things I'm doing, I think, you know, everybody's got a little a bit of a chip on their shoulder to some extent. And so mm-hmm. I definitely flex that a little bit.
0: And one of the things that, as uh- as you've gone through, through that process, it, it, it was a, a pattern for you of having to be proactive, right? Oh, yeah. Having to reach out to coaches, having to cut yeah. your own videos, having in many ways, and let's go back even further, having to kind of learn the game on your own, right? Like kind of having to learn the game through watching your stars, your favorite players do something and then trying to go out and emulate that. So you went th- I mean, put it in perspective, you went from learning the game, from watching people on TV in many ways and, and emulating that, to starring in high school, getting rides to getting rides to colleges, getting rides to a D1 college, and then ultimately playing independent baseball at the professional level. I'm interested to get your perspective on what's been harder that type of grind to get to where you were on the field mm-hmm. or the type of grind that it's taken post your career to get Stilo where it is now. I know it's it's not apples to apples. It's different things. But the, the hustle and the grind and tr- the trying to figure it out, there's got to be some similarities. Wh- which ones did you find yourself hitting your head against the wall more?
1: Yeah, no. To be honest, and again, like going back to our conversation about hustling and, and whatnot, and I'm definitely a hustler. Um, I would say the baseball piece was was harder. Um, you know, I grew up with a single mother; my dad wasn't really around, so I was a kid throwing the base, the uh, tennis ball against the garage. Like I remember watching Ozzy Smith on, uh, I think it was like what was the uh, the Saturday is like Twib or something like that. Um, and I think he was throwing the ball across the diamond, not looking, like no look from short. And I was like, okay, bet, I can do that. And so I just—I was always like, that kid in front of the garage doing stuff, teaching myself, you know, getting lessons. Um, I was a guy that showed up at major league games, like when they used to open the gates like two hours before, and I would literally just post up and watch the middle infielders move and work. And so that's how I learned the game. Um, but, like, actually getting through, I mean, I, I sent out – a lot of people don't know this. Even my closest friends don't really know this. One might. Um, I actually sent out probably 50 to a hundred letters to schools in high school just to get noticed. Mm. So I could get get to a camp, get invited maybe to a little winter camp or something Mm. and then like go out there. I I know I could like, I'll bust it down. Like I just need to be seen. Right. So like I did that, I I took that same format to, uh, and got a scholarship eventually out of that process. Did the same thing in junior college, like sent Mm. out about 50 to the major schools would get incomings, you know, got some visits, got some interest, you know, maybe had about 10 on the hood. So, I mean, I really did hustle through that and had to make you know, everything I was able to get or um, achieve was definitely a grind. Like, I had to go out and get it. And so, I think one of the biggest differences between that and those experiences, all the way up through college and even pro ball, like, I was hustling. I mean, I slept in my car, mm. traveling. To workouts for for a pro ball, like I mean, I slept on dodgers Town before they uh, before they closed it. Like I was on the other side. Of the- I literally slept in my car one night mm. before a workout, like Willie Mays' hey stuff, right? Right, right.
0: Um, I the,
1: slept great, in, like, the, the greatest, greatest
0: character by the way. Before. Yeah, like I
1: I was out there. Um, That's crazy. So, like the one, the biggest thing that I've noticed from moving onto the business side is like baseball is you're very, um, I don't want to say restrictive, but you're you're, it's almost like your destiny is in somebody's hands. You know what I'm saying? Like it's either the coaches or the scouts are like, you have to like, they have complete ability to like derail whatever you have going on. Cause sure. you're depending on them. And so with business, it's it was a little different. There's some freedom there. It's like, well, I can actually go out and do whatever I want and the restrictions aren't quite the same. And so I kind of made a pact with myself. Like, I don't want to be in situations where somebody has that much control over me. And so, business kind of allowed that I could kind of like branch off a little bit and do my own thing and like not be so kind of held down. So I definitely think the baseball side was a harder lift just because like, I I really had to grind and hustle just to get anything I got and got pretty far. Um, the, the business side of things has, I don't want to say easier, but like and the work ethic you get from that baseball applies to the right. business side. So you've already done it. So now that but becomes-
0: but, but less restrictive because you're saying you yeah. have more freedom. Yeah. You you control your destiny more.
1: Yeah, I got I got the ability to like make decisions and do my thing. So
0: does it blow your mind? Given everything that we've talked about and and some of our shared experience in in regards to the game, does it blow your mind that noun like hip hop is in every locker room? Everybody wants to be a part of this culture. Like everybody's trying to figure out how to how to, how to put their own individualness and creativity. Does it blow your mind when you see the game today in the way that it is? And it's still we got a long way to go. I'm not I'm not saying we're there, but by far hip hop culture is the dominant culture in MLB lock rooms, and so does it blow your mind just to see that?
1: I mean, it blows my mind to the extent of like, wow, knowing the reference point. Like, I mean, we could talk like. You remember when the Sprite commercials came out with like Pete Rock back in the day, right? And like on that when things kind of started to turn and go corporate and hip hop culture, and like so, I knew back then, like okay, like it's gonna move this way. Pretty soon, every commercial is gonna have car commercials, gonna have hip hop music or a tone of it, and like sport, obviously, with basketball and football, like have been doing it, and obviously that's gonna move into baseball because it's just a cultural thing, right? It supersedes sport. So I knew that was gonna happen, and I also knew that you know, sport and culture is also cyclical. So I know that I'm smart enough to know that baseball will eventually come around. It it may take a while, like maybe some people got to move out of positions and whatever, and the culture has to keep the catch up, but it doesn't surprise me. Um, I I would say it probably more surprises me that um, there haven't been as many changes from an infrastructure standpoint. Like it makes sense to me. Like it's explain explain
0: there. Tell me what you mean.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, like, for example, you know, there are hardly any black vendors in Major League Baseball, right? There's, you can probably count them on your hand. Um, there, you know, we're still scraping, and scrapping to get academies in the U.S. Uh, for black and brown communities. And obviously, there are efforts happening. You got MLB Develops. You got, um, you know, Players Alliance doing stuff. Everybody, like, we got the, the people we need to have doing those things and trying to build that up. Um, but it's nowhere near like what's down in like Latin America and these other countries, and that's a whole another conversation that I could I could talk about um, and those declines from a percent standpoint. But right, right. I think like, infrastructure is important, right? It's like you can you can patch things up by making a quick solve on the top end of it, but eventually, like when that wears off, like then what do you have? You still have the same infrastructure you had before. So for me, getting into business and one of the reasons why I got into business in this format was to bridge that gap. So it's like I don't want to just like be a part of the the surface level conversation like, oh, yeah, we got like more blacks in the game or, oh, yeah, we got more. There's hip hop music in the game or this and that. Like I want to be I want the meat behind that. Like I want to make sure that there's infrastructure being built so that that stays that way and it doesn't Mm -hmm. go away. And so for me, putting a business together and trying to create a platform and an infrastructure for that it gets us a seat at the table and then it allows us to branch off and do other things and build more business and more relationships and more partnerships so that now you have, instead of, let's call it five legacy equipment companies, you've got five and then you've got one and maybe that one turns into two and three and and like things start to even out. And now you've got a voice in the platform to market and advertise differently. So I can advertise way different than these other companies because it's more risky for them. But for me, it's authentic and I can do what I want to do. So, I think there's that that's really important. I think it gets missed all the time and I think um, so too. The marketing, the infrastructure, those things are so important. And it's coming around, you know what I'm saying? But like um those are the areas where I'm I'm really focusing because I think those ultimately at the end of the day are gonna be what really matter in order to keep that surface level stuff up and visible for people to get excited about. So
0: ladies and gentlemen, the voice you're hearing is Steve Friend, he is the founder. Uh, CEO, entrepreneur of Stilo Sports, Steve. We're going to get you out of here on a couple of rapid-fire questions. Steve, talk to me about Stilo athletes. You've got a number, a number of athletes under the umbrella. You look at the website; we can see that Hunter Green is now, you know, named the opening day starter. He's a Stilo athlete. Tell me who you have under the umbrella, and, and that part of the game, because in my mind. I'm thinking sneaker wars. I'm thinking you're signing people like Nike and Adidas and New Balance and, you know, all of it. Is it like that? But tell me how that, tell me about the Stilo athletes and then tell me how you go about acquiring Stilo athletes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, first and foremost, I mean, we want to, again, like going back to our earlier conversation, we want to work with, you know, people and athletes and partners who share a similar mindset and who understand what we're trying to do. So, That's the initial lens that we look at everything through. So when it comes to working with athletes and bringing athletes on board, we want first and foremost, we want to make sure that we have the right athletes that want to be a part of what we're doing and understand what it is and what it's about. And so that's one. Um, Another component is those that understand the importance of giving back. And uh, so a lot of the athletes, I argue all of the athletes that um, I currently have are they have those components, whether they're doing it in their communities or they're running camps or. Um, things like that on their own outside of the game. So those are really important uh, things that we look at. And um, then also just, you know, like there's got to be, it's got to be the right kind of vibe. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, I get hit up by tons of players wanting to come in and i certainly reached out to tons of players. And, you know, it's, it's not for everybody and not everybody is always interested.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so I think that that in itself, especially as a startup, uh, weeds out, Whatever is either supposed to be there or not supposed to be there, um, so that's kind of the what what happens. Um, but I'm excited. So we got like, you know, obviously Hunter Green, as everybody knows. Um, we got uh, uh, Gonzalez with with the Giants. He you know he's injured right now, but you know he's an amazing player, and I'm looking for a lot of things out of him coming up. We got Jonathan Davis, his OG that we've had for a minute. With uh, he's with Detroit now. Uh, Sterling Sharp, another OG. I believe the first guy signed way back in the day. Uh, he's with uh, the Red Sox now.
0: <laughs> I was going to ask you about that. Is, is he the first Sterling Sharp? is he the first I person? Believe, I
1: think he was the first guy that actually accepted. I think I recently we had like a handful of guys. And he I was, was going to
0: I was going to ask. How did that pitch? How did that pitch go? Like, how do you figure out? Like, you got a you got a big dartboard and be like, these are like how how did you approach it from a Brand new company saying, All yeah. right, now we got to go out and get guys.
1: Yeah, well, first I, I knew I had to have a decent product, right? So it's like yeah. I can't you know, have some trash out here, you know? So right, right, right. Um, I had that and then I just reached out, you know what I'm saying? That's I crazy. Guys, I'd kind of look at guys, you know, at least through social media and see what they're about and could get a good feel and well, whatnot. Reach out to them and like if there was some interest, we'd either work with them directly and work out an agreement i uh, got endorsement contracts that we use and that's dope. and where we go through the agents in the agency if we got to do that. And that happens a lot, too. And sometimes that can get in the way because mm. uh, there's, you know, obviously agents are a little different. They work a little different. But, um, yeah, so it's like that's kind of how it all happens. There's just that initial reach out and um, we start landing guys that want to be a part of it. And That's, that's dope. That's the game.
0: All right. Let's have some fun, Steve. Let's have some fun. Sure. You're 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 a pro player. You've got a, you've had a lengthy career. I ask every guest on the mixtape this question: If you could face any pitcher, living or dead, who do you face and why?
1: Ooh, living or dead? I mean, if I if I want to get like, I would love to see what it would be like to uh, face like a Satchel Paige. Mm-hmm. Like that would be kind of that's a good one. Straight curiosity. The other is maybe like a Pedro Martinez. Because he's just so filthy Um, So I probably, at the top of my head I think about those two Um, For sure, yeah
0: Would you rather be A GM Of Mm -hmm. a Major League Baseball team Would you rather be An on-field manager So you manage the team The GM of a team Or commissioner of baseball
1: Ooh That's tough (laughs) Like, yo I would love to get on a field and even in the dugout again. So, like that right there, being on the on-field manager would be kind of clean because it's just like yeah. locker room again. Um, but again, like I've morphed into this whole like business side of thing too, so I could definitely wear that hat. I would say, I would say on-field man, I got to be with my people. You know what I'm saying? Like I got to be on-field manager.
0: This is one specifically for you. If you could design any MLB uniform. Like, you have to pick a franchise and design their uniform.
1: Who do you pick? Dang, you came with them. Uh, (laughs) This is all rapid.
0: These are the rapid fire questions.
1: (laughs) Yo, and I don't have rapid fire answers. Um,
0: I love it. I love it. I
1: love it. I would say uh, either um, the spring training mates. I'd go with like the Dodgers, OGs, Mm -hmm. or I'd go with maybe um, the White Sox. And then I could go even further. I could be like, yo, the Expos or the, the Milwaukee Brewers. I like it. I uh, like Dodgers, White Sox, because, like, you know, I'm from Illinois and grew up going to Sox games, but I'm, I love the Dodgers. They're just classic uniforms. You can flip them a little bit.
0: I think I know where you're going to go with this one. But if you could pick one retired player or, or like, legacy player, not a contemporary player, and make them a st- Stilo athlete, who do you, who who's that player? Oh. See, I thought I knew the answer to this one. You're thinking about probably, it. I thought like,
1: I knew. I would probably say Barry Bonds, man. Like, I have a really, Yeah, I got I got a, a a crazy level of respect for this man mm-hmm. and like everything he's done and gone through in the game. And like regardless of everything, like sure. that man to me is one of the most prolific athletes ever when it comes to like Hand-eye coordination. No, teams. no, we're 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 yeah, two, man, we're we're, like, bonds, like, we're bonds we're bond super yeah. fans over here. We, I, got, I, got, I got my dangly cross earrings. Yeah, that
0: no, we're yes. I wrote I wrote a poll question after the end of the World Baseball Classic is if it was Shohei versus Bonds as opposed to Trout. What What do you think would have happened?
1: Yeah, I mean, because he threw was, he
0: threw two one hundred mile an hour fastballs right down the middle. I'm like, I don't know if Bonds lets those go.
1: Yo no bonds, you know, bonds doesn't turn anything <laughs> like, I mean,
0: you know. oh you know where i thought you were going to go because I said i thought i knew the answer you know where i thought you were gonna go with that
1: what?
0: Sean dunstan Ooh,
1: from the got yeah from the sto-
0: from the yeah. from the historical standpoint of the company
1: yeah Sean Dunstan like definitely had a major impact on me seeing him kind of move outside of the game off the field but like uh <laughs> yeah yeah
0: yeah i like it though i like it Let's close this thing out with some, some real look, some real hip hop fun, if Uh-oh. you will. I, I'm gonna ask you a couple questions, and then we'll get to your top five. What's 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 in heavy? What's the heaviest rotation in the playlist right now? What what is what is your creative juices listening to right
1: now? Mm. I uh, I just was uh, playing Nas, um, his most recent album in the car yesterday. This KD three. Um, yeah, he's his E three. Yeah. Um, I've been playing a lot of Ross off and on lately. There's something about that. You know, he's just got a different thing. Um, I've been playing some. Uh, you would appreciate this a lot of '90s stuff. I, I got a playlist on my Spotify. Um, that has like Raekwon and like Bootcamp Click and, uh, you know Tribe and Daylight Souls. Yeah. No. So like. It's solid. East- it's, it's, it's all about the day. Like whatever day it is, like, and that whatever that vibe is, I'm I'm that.
0: The East Coast biased over here is very strong. Like mm-hmm. I'm from Virginia, I live in Virginia, but the, the New York East Coast biased, very, very strong with, with this one over here, with me over here. Um all-time album. If you had to listen to one album for the rest of your life, what is it? Hey.
1: Um Probably something that would be feel good, which would be Midnight Marauders, Tribe Called Quest, or um, Far Side. Either Lab Cabin or Bizarre Ride.
0: I like it. I feel like you have you're a West Coast guy, but I feel like you have a heavy East Coast bias. Yeah, I feel like a lot okay. of New York bias. Let's hit. Let's end it with the good stuff. Hit me with the top five, Steve. Top five, top dead or five, alive. Who do you got?
1: I mean, one, and I'll probably get a lot of feedback for this. Um, <laughs> Black thought with the roots. I think he is. <laughs> I think he is the most solid when it comes to lyrics and lyricists and just delivery. He's incredible. Um, so shout out to him. Uh, Common's definitely probably number two for me. Nas um, next. Um, this is
0: a very lyrical list, Steve. Very lyrical. Black thought, common, Nas. Very lyrical.
1: Yeah. And then I'd probably throw like a Biggie Tupac in there.
0: So those are four and five. That's it?
1: Yeah, that'd be my four and five.
0: I like it. We're going to look. No, no, no judgment here. No, no comments.
1: (laughs) Hey, bring on the judgment. Let's go.
0: It's just, you know, there's no, there's no Hove in there.
1: None. Yo, I mean, you asked me this 10 years ago, Hove I, might be in there. Hove, oh, like, look, hey, look, look, Hove,
0: because <laughs> he has eyes everywhere. That was not me. I just think. We're going to have to scrap this part. You know? Yeah, we got to figure this one out. No, it, brother, it is. It is amazing to talk to you. Like I said, we could have done this, We could do this for hours and hours on end. Uh, tell everybody two things: where they can find uh, Stilo Sports, everything that you're doing, and then me personally. Tell me where I can get that sweatshirt because that crew neck is is something that I have not seen before, and it is, uh, yeah, you know, is like that.
1: Yeah, these haven't come out yet. I'll definitely take care of you oh, when okay. they're ready. All um, right, let's make that app. Yeah, no, they can get at me at uh uh at Stilo Sports on on okay. the ground um as well as Stilosports.com. Download the app. Gloves uh, yep. app if you get a chance, but uh, yeah, yeah, that's where you can find me.
0: I'm out we're, there. We're gonna end it here. We got to do this again because I will tell you why. Oftentimes on these conversations, we we do talk about what we can do as 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 brothers in the community, people that have platforms, people that have companies, what we can do to make sure that the culture in the community knows that there are people like you in existence and, and getting the, that, that increased participation and awareness. We talked about a lot of things in this interview. I want to get your thoughts on how we can make that better, that part of the active participation. And I'm telling you that now. So when you come back on, we'll talk heavy about that as well, but I wanted people to know what Stilo sports is, how it came about and how you are in your own right, moving the game in the right direction. So, I really appreciate it, Steve. We're going to yeah, do this thanks. again. Until next time, it is it, just make sure you check out what they're doing because it is it is an amazing. the The gloves look amazing. The bats look amazing. I did not see the batting gloves on the website, but I saw I saw a couple of things that was dropping around. There's a whole lot of things coming. There's a whole lot of things coming, and we'll follow back up with uh, with Steve and make sure that we're on top of everything that's happening. So, thank you. Ladies and yeah, gentlemen, this is the Black Baseball Mixtape. Until next time, we see it.
1: Yeah. Yo, yo, time to play. leaving. Right. See you at the end, bro.